Hello and welcome to episode 41 of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast. Um, I don't think we're quite as delirious this week, mainly because Dave's trying to fight to stay awake and not fall asleep during the podcast. So, uh, But again, full roster. I think this is a record for how many times in a row we've had a full roster without anybody missing. Uh, so Dave, I'll start with you before you doze off. How are we doing today? Thank you for your concern. I'm, I'm all right, thank you, Joe. How are you? I'm all right, mate. All good. We're near the weekend. I say this every week, but, you know, Thursday is a happy day. We're, we're close to the weekend. Well, two minutes time it is the weekend. Well, no, two minutes time it is Friday. That's not the weekend. It's a weekend to somebody else, mate. We're, we're dragging it out. Sod that. <laughs> what, so it's going to be a 24-hour-long podcast? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Andy, how are we today, mate? Oh, not so bad, thanks, Joe. How are you? Oh, I'm all right, mate. I'm good. Uh, you know, tired, but this is what we get for recording a podcast at 12 o'clock. So... <laughs> And last but not least, the toothless wonder, that is Mr. Gareth Dutton. Hashtag who is Gareth Dutton. Gref, how are we today? I'm pretty good. I won't ask how you are, because I've just done that. Brilliant. But how are you, Joe? (laughs) But how are you, Joe? I like that. I'm all right, mate. I feel better for you asking me and acknowledging my feelings. Always. Always. So, swiftly moving on before uh, before we go further into that. Um... There's been a few games over the last week. Um, realistically, not too many for, for us to, to swiftly go through. We only had four um, in the actual league itself, or Challenge Cup at least. So four competitive games within the league. Uh, we've had the Steelers versus the Panthers. We've had Glasgow versus Dundee. Don't know why I went club name on one and then city name on the other, but hey-ho. And then we did the reverse fixtures of those as well. So... Steelers v Nottingham 8-4. We'll have a brief recap between us. Just I don't know if everybody's watched the highlights, but I feel like particularly this game in in, in particular, not as a Steelers fan, but just in particular, was a bit of a uh, a bit of a special case game. Um, Nottingham go three 0 up in the first period. Steelers just managed to bring it back. Nottingham then go fo- uh, another one up, put a fourth in. Steelers then bring it back and then bang in another four. So bit of a weird one this one, boys. Yeah, um, we was getting the scores coming through, and it was just like it just seemed like that defence was just not an option uh, on Saturday night. Um, it'd be good entertainment for the for the crowd who was in the arena. Um, lots of nice goals. Uh, I love the assist. Um, I can't remember which one it were from Lemtigov. That's gone a little bit viral already. Um, a few um, hockey um, pages in North America picked up on it. Uh, so yeah. No, I, I, just from, as long as no other hockey teams pick up on it, I'm not bothered. Yeah, 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 no, it doesn't exist. It was last season's. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but no, from, a, from a Sheffield perspective, an eight-one uh, second and third period is it's pretty decent. You, you can't say anything less. Uh, the Panthers, you know, started well, um, and then Christmas came early for them, uh, and just uh, had a bit of a bit of a wobble, shall we say? But yeah, you know, a good good op- Good start, 12 goals in your first uh, first competitive game of the season. That's, that's a fairly entertaining start. I know, an attendance of nearly 8,500 as well. I said that's a great start to it. It was a full paying one. It weren't a £5 game. Uh, great start um, to the season for the Sheffield. Does that include a £15 webcast? It does. Mm. It depends if you can have pie and peas while you watch your webcast. <laughs> And so uh, you, I've got to pay. As long as it's a cashless uh, transaction. <laughs> what do you mean you can't pay cash for your webcast? I think, do you know what? I have to say these webcasts are really moving away from the real fans. 
It's uh, it's terrible. I'm not. We're not going to delve into webcast costs. That's that's another, yeah. that's another podcast when we've got more time. I think. Yes, definitely. I can say the your first call. That whole drag was just beautiful. It reminded me of getting told drag by yourself, Joe. Oh, do you know what? This is why I love you, Griff, because you compare me to professional hockey players, and it just it, it gives me some kind of fulfilment. <laughs> it's fine. I mean. You definitely didn't do what Ben O'Connor did for the second shot and the goal. Trying to play it out of the zone in the next minute. Lakowicz just pops up and just goes, yeah, I'll take that. Uh, mainly because I don't play it out of the zone. I just kind of shoot on, on, on goal from wherever I am. So That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> the Eberle goal was pretty decent. He, do you know what? He wasn't even looking at the net for that goal. No. <laughs> You can Possibly see on the highlights, you didn't even look at the net, he just pinged it out, and just went straight in. It was quite decent. I didn't see the last two goals. But I believe, it was that Armstrong, Armstrong was one, wasn't it? Betauer. Yeah, yeah Betauer. Armstrong absolutely blitzed it past um, Kevin Carr, like literally got him to that, like towards the hash marks and then just wound up and slapped shot straight through him. Uh, Betowers was quite lucky if memory serves me right Davies went on a breakaway um, shot it into car it came off his back leg and Betowers just kind of dragged it out to the side and backhand over the line so decent enough what do you think Andy? Um, I thought Sheffield started off very slow um, I think they did like two short-handed goals which could definitely be avoided and uh, first score of the Panthers who else would it be but Mark Matheson uh, it's, a bit, it's a bit of a curse of the old players coming back into our barn and getting the first goal. Beautiful but, shot, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I know Colin Shields has done it many times. And he came back to Belfast. But, yeah, so... Um, Criticism was, though, for, you know, pulling it back to three all and, and then taking, taking advantage of uh, the Panthers team. We probably thought that they had it in the bag, got a bit complacent. And, uh, yeah, just, just the whole defence thing went out the window uh, in this game. Uh, one one play in particular like that, but that really stood out for me is Robert Dowd. The way that he was handling the puck, he went, he was literally skating one way, then the other, pretty much around every Panthers player, then crashed his own and got that rebound on the back post. Just a beautiful play from Dowd. Uh, but a good a good game overall, and I think everyone uh, pretty much enjoyed that one. And I, I don't know why they wouldn't. Just goals galore. One thing I would say for Sheffield is, you know, um, you, you're not going to score eight goals every night. You'd be very lucky if we do. So uh, just to be out, out, out of the blocks now from, from, from the first face-off, hopefully we'll learn from that and we'll go again next weekend. Yeah, it's true. Do you know what the thing that, like, in terms of goal scoring, do you know what this weekend I think's brought? We, we've talked over the last couple of weeks of words that we think people would like to ban. We've gone down the classy route. We've gone down moist. It's a weird thing to say. We've gone down cashless. <laughs> And do you know what? The, the next, the next one, and, it, and it's one. It was a bit of a taboo word at the start of last season. If you're a Steelers fan, was confidence. Um, everybody just went down that line of, oh, we're playing two good teams in this preseason, and we don't have any confidence, and none of us can score because um, they're too good, and we can't score against them, and it's, we're not getting the confidence. And, and I just think this year, I think we might have got a bit too much confidence in goal scoring. You come into your first competitive fixture and banging eight. That's just Unheard of. It's and like we're finding offensive words that begin with C. It is, isn't it? Like, I wonder how many more we could come across. 
But no, eight eight separate goal scorers. That's just baffling. That's a good um, one. That from a depth perspective, that's, that's a that's great. a good one for the Steelers. It is. Uh, any, any team, if you get five, sorry to jump jump in, but if you get like five plus goals and it's different scorers, that that shows the level of depth that your club's got. So to get eight, yeah, top marks. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, you look at some of the Panthers' goals. Uh, I mean, Cantor was taking a bit of a hammering from people on social media. Wonderful topic that I think we'll come back to discuss later on in the podcast. Um, but people were giving him a bit of a bashing on social media and saying, oh, do you know, he's letting three in the first period. This really isn't good. I mean, you look at some of those goals. I mean, Matheson's was an absolute bullet. It was inch perfect. Per- like a fantastic shot. The second goal, fair play. He's tried to play it away with his paddle. He's just not quite got a piece of it. And, I mean, Loazo, however, however you pronounce his name, literally had, like, the easiest goal of the season. I think um, Jonathan Fernley said on the on the webcast, if they, from, from what I've seen on the highlights, just turned around and said, they'll be thinking, I'll take 40 of those this season. They <laughs> just think, yeah, perfect. Um And then, I mean, to be fair, their third one, a nice play across net from, from Lakovic. Uh, after a Ben O'Connor mess up. And then the fourth one is just about the luckiest and weirdest goal you'll see all season. Just a, sh- a shot goes on net, misses. A weird bounce. Boards. Yeah, exactly. I don't know whether it hit the stanchion in between the plexi. I don't know. It just The only person who knew where that put was was Sam Hare, and he put it in the back of the net. I, what can you do? You can't blame Cantor. I mean, even the, even the, the other four Panthers players on the ice were looking in completely the other direction. Nobody knew where that was. So, um, then the return fixture. I'll go down, I'll go down Steelers, Nottingham first, then we'll go to Dundee, Glasgow, because I don't think we'll have quite as much to say about the other three games. Um, return fixture, Nottingham, 5-1 Nottingham. Uh, I mean, to be fair, an aggregate score of what... Um, Nine nine, was it nine nine? So eighteen goals scored across the first two games. Yes, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I, I really don't. I don't. I think defensively and goaltending wise, that doesn't speak great volumes. But defense was an option, an option that weren't taken on either night. But as I said on the first game, it entertains the punters. Plenty of goals, and on Sundays. A little bit of controversy. Um, what more do you want from, a, from an afternoon of hockey? Um, I'm trying to think of a sarcastic answer. Uh, it's 10 past 12 and <laughs> my brain's not working enough to come up with one. I mean, the winning 50-50 ticket, yeah, I'd have that. Um, True. But, you know, goals, hits, bit of rough stuff. I'd take a fight. I'd take a fight. Sunday, Sunday pretty much had... On a low scale, pretty much everything the old school Sheffield Nottingham games used to be like. Yeah, this is the one thing I'll say about these two games is there seems to be a bit more of a rivalry sparking again. And I don't know whether that's just both teams have kind of had a bit of a reset. Obviously, Nottingham, completely different style. Wallace as coach, Doucette as GM. Very, very different style of play being brought in this year to the last few from what we've seen. And then Steelers obviously reset. Thompson's out. You know, new season. Coaching a three-year deal. Again, different style of players. We've never seen this many KHL players coming in for a start. Our ex-KHL players. So I don't know if it's just that both teams have kind of had a fresh start and that's kind of reignited some kind of rivalry. 
Well, I, I think that you're onto it in that respect in terms of the clear out because if you look at it from like years gone by, you had kind of the same old, same old. So you kind of had from a, from a coaching perspective, not the playing perspective, because the Brits kind of are the same for both sides for like a number of years. But you kind of like the same people. And it's just the same old, you know, same thing, and it's like oh, just another game. And now you've got a new set of coaching personnel. Yes, Tim Wallace had a season of experience of the rivalry. Guido Set will have known about it from his time at the other teams. But now they're in the position to make the call the shots and everything. And um, people will still because I like this. Everyone every time it comes around, oh, the rivalry's dead. No, no one cares about it. But name me a fixture that sells out or gets close to out five a club. Sometimes not even do sell out close other games, but if they want to guarantee sell out, it's Sheffield. Sheffield reverse Nottingham always sells tickets. And also, as a Steelers fan, there's no team that you want to beat more than Nottingham. No, Don't exactly. care what anybody else says. Other no. than other than maybe Cardiff, if it, if it comes down to like the league title, and we, you know, not last year. I'm forgetting about last year, but a couple of years before that, probably Cardiff up there. But that was more from a league title perspective. Oh yeah, like, no team you want to beat more than Nottingham. I mean, it's or no kept... team that you hate losing to more than Nottingham. That's probably the best one. And I suppose Gref, if you change it from Nottingham. Sheffield to Manchester Sheffield as much as or five you know, yeah. uh, probably five yeah but as much as we would give the ribbon there's probably no team you don't want to lose to more not as not even as much as winning more if that makes sense oh definitely definitely you don't want to lose to Sheffield because at least we know which which end of the ice to stand on like you know signs pointing is that why everybody's webcasts have gone up in price? Is to fund the bloke at the end of the game that stands there with the lights, waving people down to their end of the ice? <laughs> well, they got someone from the airport for ten minutes. <laughs> but, but Andy, you know, it's, it's, it's that's the same thing. It's the, the new blood and everything. It kind of just re-energizes the whole thing. And we're still people like Moran, Nottingham, Dave Sims, and Sheffield that still have that oh, the, old, the good old days type thing. It, it gives a new approach to the rivalry. And, you know, as we've seen at the weekend, a bit of sparks have already started. It certainly has. I mean, new players going in. Obviously, the uh, the players that have been there years with the clubs, that don't have a clue what their style is, uh, what their favourite shot is, you know, just, just how they play as a player. And it, it, it does catch them by surprise because you just don't know what, what a new guy's going to do. What sort of move is going to pull off, or or what? So it's it's great to have fresh blood in, you know, just a fresh bit of talent. But it's also good in the, in the management to have the old management because, you know, it, it's the it's a pull. It's, a, it's a, the people like like Sims and, and Moran. They pull the players to their clubs because of the stories. You now that they'll say, this is a massive rivalry. This is how it's always been. You know, we want to beat these guys more than anyone, and, and that's what gets the pull from players like you know uh, Michael Davies Lynn Chugov you know players like that so it's it's great to have uh, in, in both ways and I'll make it continue bit of a taboo name to mention Michael Davies right now it is a bit <laughs> maybe that was his celebration it was like the, one where you, <laughs> like the one where you throw the glove up in the air and then shoot it and instead of a glove it was the goal peg that, I'm afraid <laughs> <laughs> Although, Joe, I am kind of disappointed when you said 9-9. You didn't go off Terry Jeffords. No, that does, I can't do that. It doesn't work. 
Do you know what the worst thing is? There's going to be 50% of the people who are going to be sat listening to this going, who? And the other 50% of people are going to be just knowing exactly what. Just wait until we break out the back street, boys. It'll be fine. Tell me why. <laughs> um, well, technically, it was now number five for Nottingham. Oh, dear. And moving on from that swiftly, swiftly moving on to that, we've got Dundee, Glasgow. Um, Saturday was in Glasgow. Sunday was in Dundee. We got this completely wrong. Like, we always say, do not put an accumulator on based on what we've said. One day, we will eventually get 100%, but it's not It's not this week. <laughs> we, we were nearly 100% fail rate. Um, Should have so. been a bad British hockey. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, what can we say? Um, I mean, to be fair, Dundee put up a, an average goals per game of 6.5 per game, which is pretty... Surprising. Astonishing, yeah. Particularly given the fact that I don't think there was any of us that actually said they thought Dundee was going to make. Oh, no, I said no. I said I thought Dundee would make playoffs. I think, but the, but it, we were certainly thinking Dundee would be bottom end of the table, and then all of a sudden they come out and smash one of the teams we said were going to be contesting for top three. Yeah, they really just made, made our predictions look foolish, didn't they? And it's yeah. not like it was a one-goal victory. We're like a close one. We go, well, you know, we were, we're close to that. No, they absolutely had our predictions pants down and just destroyed it. It was, we went a good day, again, not a good day at the office for the predictions from us guys. Uh, but, well, fair play, Dundee. Um, a team that we said was wait and see, and Coles-wise, they didn't wait. They, they banged in left, right and centre. Uh, not a good weekend to start competitive-wise for Fitzgerald in Glasgow no maybe for more reasons than one by the looks of it <laughs> have you seen his have you seen his post game interview from the I uh, have yeah it, I, I just love it it's just the question so Zach how do you how do you sum up uh, a game like that well that's a good question job done done you might as well just drop the mic and walk off then like that what <laughs> What was that? I think Tom Barrasso gave more like more content in his interviews when he didn't show up for them. You should have said this interview is over. <laughs> Love guru style. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I think. I mean, to be fair, you look at it. I mean, Elgin Pierce put up. I think he said he put up six points. I think something like that over the weekend. Um, and you look at Kevin Defoe, Brett Stoven all putting up points for Dundee. It just made it look easy. Um, one of the things that I was quite happy to see, and I thought this as I was watching the highlights, and in one particular instance, I say highlights in very big inverted commas, because what kind of team has a highlight video that's 37 minutes long? Um, but, yeah, I, I say this as I was watching the highlights. The one thing that sprung into my mind watching Patrick Killeen uh, the only thing I could think was Garrett Zemlak. <laughs> we've said it before, Zemlak played outstanding and then he went to another team and didn't, and just went to pot. And it was just like that. Apart from that kind of oh, yeah. limb-level save where just fling your limbs and, and just hope less and he made it look so stylish. Um, that was, it was like, yeah, that was a really good save. Um, but, mate, you know... Go back on to the highlight question, you know, 37 minutes. If you've, if you've got the material, give it to the public. It's not highlights, though, is it? They've got 37 minutes of game clip. Nobody, nobody's disputing that. A game's 60 minutes long. If they don't have 37 minutes of game clip, I would be worried. 
probably because somebody's remote- forgot to put the batteries on charge the day before. So, you know. I don't know. But no, well, a good, good start to, um, to the season for Dundee. Yeah, definitely a good start. What, Gref, Andy, what do, what do you guys think? I think, yeah, it's watching some of the goals, because I was one of the people that actually watched the full 37 minutes. Did you enjoy the length of highlights? Did you have nothing better to do? What were you doing? Were you sat in the toilet? I was actually, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Actually want the detail. (laughs) I wasn't on the toilet. I was laying in bed. I was bored there, nothing to do. But... Um, I think like what 15 minutes of that second period was part of that highlight package which had a fight that was really good like we've yeah, Laporte versus English what a fight that was yeah some really good uppercuts in that some yeah. really nice well played goals tape to tape them back there net I mean Unfortunate for Killeen. Didn't really have much defence. He probably thought he was playing for MK at one point. That's how bad it looked. And then you got your old boy, Matty War, scoring twice. Well, Matt Roy. One of them was a, a tip-in as well. So... Mm. Andy? Well, I don't, want, I don't want to jinx anything, but so far, so good for Dundee. This is a side that... that oh, when did you become a Stars fan? I don't want to, I don't want to jinx anything. <laughs> Why? It's, it's, it's not often we've seen... Them have, oh, good have, evening, Andy McStafford. It's not often we've seen them have a good format. It's, uh, especially scoring six goals is pretty much unheard of, especially against Glasgow. Fantastic this weekend. Um... Obviously, obviously, from a neutral point of view, just longer may it continue, and you know, it just shows that just because they've not really got a standout player on that team doesn't mean that they've all they've all not gelled or, or you know just become a great team together. The, the the chemistry between them is great. I mean, so many different store different scorers on there as well. It's it's, it's just good to see, and it's nice to see Dundee doing well. Because obviously, we thought you know the playoffs. But if, if they can continue this continue continue this form down the stretch, then we've got a great chance to make even making the finals. So long may their form continue. Yeah, it's true. I, I mean, to be fair, I, I, I don't know. I'm a bit of a soft spot for Dundee. I, I liked the look of their team last year, and they seriously underperformed from what I expected. Um, but I I've said it before um, that the teams with the least pressure on them and the you know, the teams that you don't expect to get the results are often the ones that come out with more points in the back pocket because there's, there's no pressure on them. You look, look at Washington when they won the Stanley Cup. Year in, year out, and Washington had gone President's Trophy and then all of a sudden it got to the end of the year. There was no pressure on them to do anything in the Stanley Cup. And then all of a sudden, the first year that he'd done anything was that year. And, it, and it, I think it's the same for Dundee. There's no pressure on them. There's no expectation in terms of who they've signed. It's been quite an underwhelming team in comparison to the last few years. I, I agree. I think they could do something. I think it could be a case of instead of signing the best players, as Omar actually signed the right players to, to nick a line from Herbrooks. 
and just get the ones that will fit his style. Because um, if that's the like, like Andy said, if that's the type of games are going to produce and perform, a no one's going to want to miss a Dundee Stars game. Two, you may see some sellout signs in Dundee, which would be great for that franchise. And three, like I said, who knows, maybe Dundee Stars at the Final Four. Okay, this is September. This is the first week of September. We're talking April, and a lot's going to happen. But for once, like I said, for once, the Stars just look a a bit promising. Which they don't tend to have that much of a promising shine, shall we say, this early in the season. Yeah, this is true. It's going to be interesting to see the next couple of weekends. I think that's obviously going to paint a bit more of a picture as they come across uh, more opposition. Um, maybe not when they play Manchester, but you know, we'll uh, we'll see. Sorry, Gref. Not sorry. And then you anyway. Well, you know, what can I say? Uh, so moving on from the games, uh, we're not going to recap the pre-season games because, to be fair. They don't really paint a picture. Um, all it's painted so far is that Manchester can't win games. So, yeah, I don't, as, as, as bad as it is. That's about it. Nothing new there. I mean, it wasn't really a fight, was it? I mean, the guy from Halebron basically tried to slap him. So, not really a fight. Um, but, yeah, moving swiftly on. Um, yeah, we're not going to go over pre-season games. It's a bit pointless. There's obviously been a fair few of them over the last couple of weeks. So, um leave those to the side just just focus on the competitive games um, but moving on now to the side that we don't like to see uh, and that's been quite interesting to see quite so many need what's well, quite so much need for in the first week of competitive games uh, is the department of player safety doc that has been ragged from pillar to post and being called every name under the sun over the last 48 hours um, we've had four bans so we'll come to the first one First, obviously, because it's the first one. <laughs> I'll start with. I'll start with. I'll start with. <laughs> yeah, this is. I told you. This is. This is the problem with recording at like twelve o'clock. Um, I'll start with the Dundee. The Dundee Craig Moore hit. Um, Eggles Carnes. What do we think? Because I know exactly what I think about this. So I'll let you guys take this. So he's got one game for for a hit to the head, and. If I'm honest, I'm I'm not comfortable with it being a game. Um, I think if it got a minimum of two, I think I could have been happy. Uh, and what leans it to me is a the footage. It doesn't look pretty at all. It's not like it's a an accidental hit. So, like for example, the Dave Phillips hit at the beginning of last season, which was a, a complete accident, but still a hit to the head. This was a, not intention to injure but there was an intention to make the hit and his first point of contact was ahead so the intention from that way was there but then you listen to the the reasoning the rationale from the league video and all the language speaks a bit more not just oh, it's a bit unfortunate he's, he's hit him in the head it's unfortunate it's not that at all it's very much he needs to do this this is the player he needs to do this he needs to do that and you're thinking if we are giving as a league giving these descriptions of why the band's been given. By the way, the descriptions across the board are absolutely spot on as to why, you know, they've given detail for each and every single one. If we're going to town as much as they have done for this, why are we only giving it a game? If you go to town really in terms of you've got to you know, they're even saying you've got to change his style of play to be more mindful of, of the opponent. And you're only giving a game for that. They just don't sit right, don't add up to me. Um 
I mean, we'll go through all the other ones, but the rest I feel have got pretty much spot on. But this one, no. I think, I think they may have gone wide of the mark on this one. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. I think it's it should have been at least two games. As soon as I saw it, I was like, wow, that is definitely a check to the head, full-on, reckless. You'd even see, you even see it when they slow it down in the video that his arm just swings at his head. You're like, yeah, he's definitely got in to make a big body hit and then realise at the last second, oh, I'm going to actually hit him on the head here. Personally, yeah, I think they got that, they, they got that wrong. My personal opinion, anyway, I think they got it wrong. Should have been at least two. One game, for me, is just very insufficient and very, very sort of careless decision. I think two or three. Too little for this sort of thing. Claymore's clear trying, trying to yeah, make a play with the puck. He, he turns one way, then the other. And uh, Carl's just keeps targeting. He, he just focused on him. He, he just targeted uh, in the back, but he, he lifts his um, elbow up. And the elbow just goes straight into that. Looking back at it, there's things I could have done differently. Um, he, he could have pinned him more against the boards and out for it that way. He, he pulled out last second. Back here. He put hit referee's skates. So he, he could have easily made a play himself. He, he could have easily got a medical play with it. I'd, I'd say quite quite a bit of time, you know, to, to just come off that puck is and say, oh, the puck's there, I'm, I'm, I'm going to play it, I'm, I'm going to take it and make a play of this. But for some reason, he, he was just always focused and targeting it's just the way that he did it very very reckless and careless yeah I don't I'll say this first I'll front load it first I don't think that there was any intent to injure I don't think there was any intent to hit the head Uh, Dave you summed it up before we came on it's been said in a number of DOPS videos previously there is no such thing as a clean hit to the head intent isn't really important the onus is on the person making the hit and to make sure that hit is not to the head. So regardless, you're looking at a suspension. The thing that I don't understand is people are arguing, oh, but he turned at the last minute and there was no way he could have known he was going for the head. Okay, well, if he turned at the last minute, why was he going in for the hit? Because if he turned at the last minute, he was showing his numbers before he turned around. So if he doesn't turn, that's a check, to the back, that's a check from behind and actually possibly with much worse consequences, looking at the angle that he stood at, where he stood on the boards, that could have had much worse consequences than the hit to the head. Um, it was good to see Moore being able to get up and skate off on his own, because uh, the other obviously got the stretcher on the ice for him, thinking that he might have needed some help off, so it was good to see him being able to get up and skate off on his own, but just a weird one. Just a really, really weird one. I, for me, two or three games. I wouldn't have said much more. I, I think people drastically exaggerate on social media. Uh, I, you always see people go, oh, that's a blatant five game. Two or three for me. But I think one is just daft. Honestly, I think one's daft. Um, sorry, go on. No, it, it, I'm just going to back it what you're saying. It, it just doesn't make sense. The whole just one game 
never mind just the hit. But then also, for those who haven't seen the video, they also then mention a a potential clipping incident, which they looked at and said it weren't worthy of a, a suspension. But then pass comment upon that he has to change his style of play to respect the opponent. And I know people already mentioned it, but when you're kind of saying that, and you only offer a head, not a headshot, but a head hit, you only offer one game, you kind of just go, yeah, I think... You're still in pre-season mode there, boys or girls, whoever the, the full um, body of Dops is. Yeah, this is true. Um, I'll ask this before we move on to the next ban. What do we think to Fitz's reaction? Not, I'm not bothered about a post-game interview. I mean, to be fair, you've just conceded, what, 13 goals in two games. I, I have no concerns in terms of the post-game interview. Fair play. He turned up, so he did more better than Tom Barrasso did whenever he lost away. So, that's fine. But in terms of his actions on the bench, what did we think? Are we... Is this in reference to what... In, in After the hits? Yeah, so, Fit, so Fitzy was... was this video, there was a video that came out. Fitzy then put something on Twitter to explain the reason that he was, that he was as he was. His thinking was that the Dundee fans were jeering at Moore while he was down on the ice. Dundee's argument is that they were jeering at Springer, who was chasing after Collins. So fair play. But Fitzy's very much had it was very much of the opinion of there's a guy down on the ice, you respect it. You know, nobody wants to see a guy down injured and you shouldn't be jeering from the stands when there's a guy down flat out on the ice. I'm not necessarily saying do we agree. I'm kind of saying do we agree and what do we think to how he was on the bench? Because at the end of the day, he's still a coach and he I'm still with, has I'm a total conduct to follow. I'm with him 100%. If he's of the belief that there are people, and here's the thing, that area of where the fans in Dundee, they have a reputation for being very over the edge in terms of how they support the club. If he's of the belief that there are people jeering his player that's injured, do you know what? I back him, he has every right, so long as he thinks of the children and doesn't swear, but tells him to show a bit of decency, a bit of, you know, good human beingness. I'm, I'm avoiding one word, but everyone knows what word I mean. You know, just... Class. Yeah, it's been said now. It's it's out But show a, a bit of it. If he's of that belief, you know, all power to him. Absolutely. And if, if they are Dundee fans who jeered more as injured, A, ex-player of yours, and B, give your head a wobble. Look in the mirror, give your head a check. Who does that? You don't. It's, you know, you never, you, you know, even the, even the old days when the, the old pantomime villains of like Barry Nykar and Scott Allison and Dennis Maxwell, you never want to see them hurt. You just don't. So, if he's of that belief and he, if he's heard it, all power to him. What do we think, boys? Agreement? Yeah. Full agreement. I mean, when I was watching the highlights of it, and you could see it, all I could see was him kept putting his hands to his head, going, "What? What am I hearing? Like, what am I hearing right now?" And you had people behind, literally running down the stairs just to shout abuse at him. It's like. Really, yeah, guys? Yeah, to admit that was really quite amusing, wasn't it? You just thought how pathetic you need to be to run down the steps to take your opportunity to shout at an opposition team's coach whilst one of his players is flat out on the ice. That really was no Sebo. Yeah. 
Andy, do you agree? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's not there's not an awful lot I can really add to it. If it was the case that Dundee fans cheering uh, a, a, a Glasgow player were injured, that, that's just that's ridiculous, especially for a for a young upcoming talent in Brit. You know, there's just there's just no need for it. I mean, why? If if it was the case, like you know, Fitzy did think that it, it was aimed at more or one of his players, then I totally I totally agree with what he did. I think anybody would do, and just the fact that he came down to cheer him on, to, to cheer him, I mean, and Jabu him as he's rubbish. There's just no need for that. No need. Yeah, it, it, just the whole thing, just, it's my pet hate is people that jeer a player that's down on the ice. I just think you show the guy the respect. Um, I, we've been sat there at Steelers games before when, when people have stood up and shouted at a guy that's down on the ice. I've seen it, uh, even going down smaller scale, I've seen, I've said to you before, Dave, about people that I've seen doing it at like ball hockey games that like just, I just play it down on the rink and you just think, just why are we shouting at the guy? Just let him, it doesn't matter whether you think it's a legit injury. It doesn't matter whether you think it was a clean hit or whatever's caused it didn't happen or whatever. It don't matter. There's a guy down on the ice. You show him the respect and you wait until he gets up. Or as, soon, as, as soon as you know that that person's actually hurt. Because, yeah. like I say, if it's good hit, you cheer the hit. And, and right off so. Or if there's something you know that leads from it, then your, your attention will to that. But as soon as you know and nothing else, it's just focus on the person who's injured, you shut the hell up. And you, you know, it's yes, it's one of the it's one of the pet hates I've got. Long There's only it. one injury of that kind of sort which you, which you jeer at or you laugh at, and you still make sure the person's okay first. And I'm sure you'll, I, I'm sure Dave will be the first to say, like I'm, <laughs> I'm sure you've said this about cricket before, is when there's a um, a shot that goes in a certain particular private <laughs> and, and particularly sensitive area. Um, that's the one that you can have a bit of a giggle at afterwards. Oh, if, if you if you if you're batting and you get hit in the elbow or the head or anywhere else, you are oh you're right, make sure. But if you get hurt there, um, you obviously show concern, but you are laughing. You are laughing something chronic. Um, yeah. And yeah, I've seen I've seen that a few times. Thankfully, Touchwood so far, I've that's not happened to me. Um, probably because I'm not biting long enough for it to happen. Uh, but no, it's, it's something you just laugh at. Yeah, but no, it, it, it baffled me to see. Um, the other thing that ir- the other thing that irritated me to an extent to see was somebody actually said it was quite ironic that Fitzy was saying you don't want to see a guy injured, and that that annoyed was, me was to see. Ex, was that ex Dundee player Craig Holland? Yes, yeah. seems to have a go at him, um, and he had a you know. That was interesting for an ex-pro. I mean, it doesn't matter what the player did. I don't know if that's the point you're going to make. You know, it doesn't matter what Fitzgerald did and his role and how he played the game. He's now the coach. He's now the leader of his team. He's, he's the focal point before the, his team arrives. So he's, he's got to do something or he will have to do something just to you know, be the leader. So if he has to say that and needs to say that, it doesn't matter what he did as a player. If you play a coach, it's a slight difference, but he's never be, he was never play a coach at the clan. No. 
So, you know, yeah. In the yeah, I, but it's not even that for me. It's the fact that I, I, I think you make too, there's too much of a distinction made between a player that causes an injury and a player that intentionally goes out to cause injury and shows that disrespect. And Fitzgerald was never really a player that went out with a serious intent to injure. He went out, he did his job. Okay, it may have resulted in players getting injured. Danny Bois, when he fought Danny Bois and, and absolutely caught him with one in the chin, KO. Fair play, but you, he did his job there. There was, there was also one in Belfast. He, he didn't think, I'm going to stand there and, and injure this guy. There was the one in Belfast where he, I'm, I'm going to say not, it weren't accidental, but it weren't intentional, I don't believe. The, he went hit Galakos in the head. Um, but then, did, did he, was that the one where he got a suspension he for? He got a suspension for trying to jeer up the fans, but I don't think he realised the extent of injury to Galakos at the time. So, you know, but again, for me, that was Fitzgerald, the player. Mm. You know, if we're saying, oh, you can't say anything because you did that as a player. Slippery slope where, when, you know, when it comes to, you know, the characters in the, in the character of the game, never mind the characters of the game, but the character of the game, if that's what we're going to start saying, then it's a slippery slope that I don't think anybody wants to go down. But it will start. But it's also like you, you see, if you if you see Fitzy, if you if you talk to Fitzy, you see how he interacts with fans. If you see how he is in post match interviews, if you get a, any kind of feel for the character of guy that Fitzy is, he is not the guy that jeers when a guy's down. He's not the kind of guy that goes out to intent and like to intentionally injure a player. He's not the kind of guy that wants to see a player injured. For me, simply so respect the game. That. Exactly. He's done his job. The fact that he did the job that he did doesn't mean automatically that he was a guy that wanted to injure players. Look at Dan Carcillo now. You look yeah. at Dan Carcillo from the NHL. He probably caused the most concussions in the NHL in the last 20 years. But now he's one of the guys that's going out there spreading the message of CTE and trying to explain the symptoms, raise awareness, these guys don't want to injure people. They just—they've got a role to play. If your role's a big hitter, if your role's a guy that's going to drop the gloves and fight a guy, that doesn't mean you want to see him injured. I just think making that distinction, jumping over that line, is just ridiculous. No, you're not going to get an argument for me on that one. I don't know what Griff and Andy think on that point. I just agree with you. You, you hit the nail on the head right there. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So we'll move on anyway, because it's, it's, that's kind of triggered me. I don't know. <laughs> Save the triggered. Save the triggered part for later on in the podcast. Oh, social media. Social media. I'm getting excited. Um, <laughs> no, so the next one, I'll, I'll kick this one off, because I, 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 this one point of this that frustrates me again. Um, Brett Bulmer is the next band that we'll discuss. Too much ban for kneeing in the Nottingham Steelers game on the Sunday in Nottingham. Brett Bulmer's first competitive game this year was the Sunday in Nottingham. The reason that his first competitive game wasn't the Saturday in Sheffield was because he was serving a ban. And before you ask, yes, you guessed it, that was for kneeing. He comes in, he sees Lentigov coming towards him, and it's the most blatant knee you will see all year. And yet too much ban. I don't care if there's an injury sustained. He... To call this negligence is ridiculous. That was recklessness. Without a doubt, that was there was no negligence about that. He knew exactly what he was doing. 
I, I, I agree with you to a point. Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm kind of, yeah, one game for the knee and obviously one as a repeat offender. Um, for me, yes, I'm saying this is a bit of an old school fan. They're the type of ones that you put in the back of your mind. You remember what the kid did before. You remember that that's why I got the repeat offender ban. And you just dish out respective punishments, old school, where you, you ask him the question, you, you force him to go to the dance, and you, 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 you tell him, yeah, you don't do that to our players again. And it's made from a Sheffield perspective, Lemtigov, one of the top end players. It could be any other team, their top end player. You'd expect them to do the same. It's that kind of right. Remember, he remember him for next time, and we will ask him a question that he has no choice but to answer. Um, but two games, yeah, fine. Um, it, it's stupid, reckless. Could the type of ones that could hit injure and really badly injure? And we've seen before bad knee on knees. Um, but if it means that rivalry really does spark up next time we play him. Yeah, for the greater good. I know that's the not being thought. Good. I am not. I know for a fact that won't even be thought of when the punishment were given out. Um, in fairness, the guy who I believe is from Austria, who, who head stops, won't probably give a damn about the rivalry. But you know, looking at on a different scale of things, it would have been interesting had the hit not been on Lemtigov, because we've seen videos on 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 YouTube of Lemtigov jumping in and sticking up for his teammates. Can you imagine if it had been on a different guy when Lemchigov was on the ice? Because that was the that was the other thing that disappointed me about it is nobody jumped in to do anything about it. I just and I just and you just look at that and go, there's no injury. Luckily, there's no injury from that because that's that is such a dangerous play. So, yeah, and, like there was no there was no doubt about it. He lined up knee on knee. Oh, yeah. So he, just the other thing that baffles me is to see a guy make that play, even if it doesn't result in an injury, is why is none of the other four guys on the ice batted an island at that? I mean, same was happening last season for you guys, wasn't it? With no one jumping in. Yeah, don't, because we're going to get onto the steel talk topic of why, we've, <laughs> why have we got no team toughness and then Dave's going to go on a rant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll definitely get triggered then. But yeah, I I thought it should have been probably two games before the repeat offender tag was brought up because he's he's literally just got in there. He's put his he's, he's literally turning himself to go knee on knee. He's just gone for a straight path. That is just reckless. He knew what he was going to do. There should have been, I think, two games for the knee, and then possibly another two games at the max for the repeat offender. It's like you just come back. Mm. Bang on for me. I'd have said three or four mm. games. I would have said three or four games. Considering you just come back, it's like for that that exact thing. It's like you've literally not learned your lesson one bit. Not even played sixty minutes. Since his last ban, just madness. Uh, what do you, Andy? What do you think? He knew exactly what he was doing. It's a shame because he's a very talented off player. I don't understand why why he has this side to him. You know, he, he puts the points for every season. He skates his backside off, but then he goes 
goes and does something like this, and he's, he's done it twice in, in, well, in terms of a season standard, pretty pretty close together. You know, that's that's why he couldn't play Saturday. Came out the Sunday, and did the exact, exact same thing. You could say there's no need. <laughs> I'll give you that one for free. <laughs> Goodness sake. Yeah, he did exactly the same thing on, uh, I think it was Barry McKenzie uh, of Glasgow on, on the last day of the regular season last year. And, um, yeah, just no need for it. He's a talented guy, he's a smart guy. You just think, why, why does he do it? He's such a talented player who does what he does. He's just baffling as to why he does it. Especially for it's like Brad Marchand, isn't it? Like, yeah. quality player, knows where the net is, puts up the points, and then just does something where you just think, why have you even, why? Just. Yeah. Is, right. Instead of making the open eye state, which is legal, he just decides to stick his leg out. Mm. No, like. John Graff says it's because of the repeat offender and how close together these instances are and a century of all games. So, all, all, all of it and Dave in agreement at three or four games. Um, I, I, Dave, I see where you're coming from, to be fair. I, I think he's just he's one of those. Oh, in fairness, I can understand where your three are coming from in terms of the extra games. I just kind of go, okay, fine, you know, he comes back in a few weeks. Let someone. Uh, Invite him to the dance and um, let let him go and get properly. his revenge. Maybe That'll so. Interesting. You know, let's see the red machine really go go flying on it. We'll throw in Cole Shudry and cross check him on the chin. <laughs> let's not. Let's not. Um, the next one was the most probably the most controversial out of the lot. Um, it, we we are going to do it as hashtag Peggate. Um. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, what, what more can be said? I'm, I'm lost for words on this already. Michael Davies, too much ban for end-of-game incidents. This not even being dubbed as anything, because what are you actually going to call it? Too much ban for peg-throwing. There's just... What? Why was he holding a peg? Never mind throwing a peg. Well, apparently, I, I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to know more, because it, it it sounds ridiculous from the context of a player has been banned for throwing a peg. They are. You never. You just don't hear, do you? You know, they, they skate off. They, they 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 put this stuff back in the bags and they go home. No, Mr. Davis has uh, got a peg or two. Why? They, they, I'm, I'm, I'd like to hope there's a bit more context to it. Just being, he's grabbed a peg. He's underarm throwing it to someone because it's, it's stupid but it's that stupid it makes you want to laugh it's quite funny I mean forget about it just let's just remember though it's, it's spreading a really bad message to the children can we just bear that in mind because know, people that not... take their kids to hockey clearly let the hockey players determine how their kids should motivate themselves and, and conduct themselves. Because the fact that hockey players go and drop the gloves and fight a guy when they've done something clearly shows the demeanour that you would expect from a child in a playground. But then you throw a peg, that's too far, mate. Too far. If you see some of the, the kids throwing stones, yeah, I'd agree with that. Um... Kids in glass houses shouldn't throw pegs. Yes, it's, you know it's just it's all daft it's, it's all it's, it, 
just none of it makes. I don't understand the logic, the rationale. Um, I mean, two games. Now here's so here's the thing that people have already said on social media because we mentioned they always get lose a lot there, but they've all said, oh well, him in Manchester got five games for throwing their stick and some and and blah blah. blah. Interestingly, uh, one of the podcasts I can't remember which one. I want to save you for the bridge. Had Luke Fisher, who was the media manager for the league, and was very clear. He said to for fans when list, looking at Dops to not compare from year to year. Don't compare a similar instance. So throwing an object to the crowd or an object onto the ice. Don't compare year to year because it's evolving. It's changing. So you've set the bar at two games. If someone fancies nicking a peg. Again, or another item. Um, I, I kind of, just to try and add some logic to the whole thing, what do your guys, from the aspect of not comparing year to year, what do, you, what do your guys recommend? Should this type of thing be a comparative? I don't really think you can put logic into this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's a, it's goal pegs that you just, you spend, yeah, I'm going to, Look for the closest thing near to me. Oh, man, I'm going to skate down the rink. The right Lift end of the, the rink. goal. <laughs> Lift up the goal and just take the peg out and chuck it to a fan. Rumour has it he spent half an hour on the bench trying to unscrew something from the bench to throw, but that, that was just that just not a goer. <laughs> Fair play to his, his, uh, his statement that he made. Oh, come on. That was like the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Like, what on earth are we doing here? He's got to write a formal op- apology. That was about as sincere as any mandated formal apology will ever be, wasn't it? Like, I, I file it under the, the the logic to the whole thing. It's it's means to an end. It, can, it, what it, do, what, I think what it does do, it draws a line under it all in respect of it's happened, it's banned, it's apologised, we move the heck on. We just move on and just. He says it's I don't bad. want to move on. I think it's hilarious. It, it is, but it, you just kind of think, why are we spending too much time on a peg? You know, I mean, if it were Manchester, they'd probably keep it to keep the nets on. Just for no. Out, to be fair, if it was Manchester, he'd have gone down the other end of the ice and picked up the peg from the other goal. That's fair comment to make. Although, it's going to be hilarious if he gets, like, the man of the match at your rink and the edder is him grabbing a peg. Well, you know that's going to happen as well, don't you? It should. Oh, yeah. It should. I like the sound of that. He throws it to, like, what, Griffin or something. Well, I, I don't know about you guys, but I think he's taking down a peg. Oh, oh. Andy, I love you. Oh, God. <laughs> the only positive... You waited, you waited all this time to throw that into the equation. Very, very Michael Davies waited all that time to throw a peg in the crowd. Oh, God. Two positives from this. One is that, two One is that no one was hurt or injured in the crowd, which is good. Second is, it's probably worth a lot more on eBay than a book is. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just that Steelers just don't know whether to take it seriously or not. It just, <laughs> just 
<laughs> that he's gone out of his way to get a peg. It really is. That like, sums it up. That, uh, did anybody else have the same reaction as me? I mean, I read the allegations on Facebook, and I just, I, I, I'll hold my hands up. I was one of those Steelers fans that read it and went, "Well, that didn't happen." But it wasn't an, oh, our players are so angelic that they can't possibly have done anything like that. I just sat there and thought, why would he have got a peg? <laughs> In what scenario is it legible or is it, is it plausible for a player to just go, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to lift that goal up, I'm going to take the peg out, and I'm going to launch it at someone. In fairness, he didn't launch it. He underarm threw it. Oh, sorry, he was playing softball, not baseball. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> I think that just sums the whole thing. Do you know what? I actually think, Gref, you said that, Gref, you said on, like, the video of Fitzy, like, giving his, like, verbal response to the fans in Dundee that he did a lot of head-touching, kind of like, as if to say, what is this? And do you know what? I think you could probably create some kind of gif of Fitzy kind of touching his head and going, what am I watching? And then just put it to this, because this is just ridiculous. What well, what planet does this happen? Planet Earth, by the sounds of it. Out of everything he could have chucked, a, water bottle, a full water bottle, a puck, some sticks. Uh, sorry, no, water, water would have hurt. Water would have hurt. If he chucked his stick, it might have been dangerous. He might have got it. Especially I think the next question that needs to be asked is, was Davy Phillips anywhere near him as he did it? Can you imagine if he just did it? Probably David, him Phillips, David, David Phillips just turned around and went, oh, Michael, you can't do that. That might have been dangerous. Just, oh, mind. Imagine what happens when he went into the changing room. Oh, yeah, sorry I'm late coming back into the changing room, lads. I was just chucking a peg. <laughs> Yo, do you know what? I've got it. I've, I've got it. I think I've had some logic to this. So, so you know you see it in the NHL and I know Belfast they have like a, like the Broadway hat the the Pens have the Viking hat as a like yeah. player of the game type thing well, Belfast well, have the WWE belt cap, don't they? yeah when, when Sims remembers to bring it maybe that's what we're doing now it's the peg the peg of the game peg of the game maybe that is it maybe at that's least, it at least it was a plastic one and not the one, the metal ones like Asher. That's a good point. That at least it abides by health and safety. So yeah, no, I, I, I have to admit though, because the thing is, so many people have commented on Twitter saying, "Oh, you know, it don't matter. Oh, it don't matter the fact that it was plastic, not metal." The first thing that came into my head when I when I heard, "Oh, he's launched," or oh, well, he's thrown a peg into the crowd. The first thing that I thought was, "Those metal pegs have got a lot more weight to them than you think they have. Like they are quite heavy." So I actually thought at first, like, if that's a metal peg, that could do some damage. But So I'm that, quite thankful it was plastic. They're chunky items. Chunky items. I've, I've Maybe someone wanted a new, like, McDonald's straw for a milkshake. Sorry, Andy, you've been trying to say something for the last five minutes, but go on. Um, I'll, I've heard next week that it's going to be an empty Zamboni uh, gas canister. Following week, following week is going to be a goal line. So just heads up for everyone. So how long before he takes his skate off and tries to stab someone? I don't think he's Happy Gilmore. 
Oh dear. Do you know what I think? Do you know what? Do you know if the Steelers fan base has any humour about it, which we know it doesn't because we need to think about the children and what message it spreads to the children. But do you know if the Steelers fan base has any humour about it at all, we just need one block of people all to bring in baseball mitts. Can you imagine just that? Can you imagine doing it anywhere? Michael Davies skates rather than it's just a group of people with baseball mitts just ready. Just no, no, we're missing the trick. So you know what we do as most clubs do. They do the chucker puck. Chucker peg. Wilkinson's a quid for twenty. There you go. Brilliant. I, wish I think that. I really Sorry, wish... say again. I really wish it was a video of it. So do I. It says they've reviewed footage, but where's the footage? In fairness, if if there was any footage, it'd be followed like a spitting image clip. So I've daft it all is. I've I've realised why they've not released the footage. It's because they've sent it into you being framed for 250 quid. That could be the only logical reason why. (laughs) Nigel Pomp has announced a new forward signing. This season, we need to be out there with pegs on glass, throwing them on. <laughs> you know it. It's got to happen. Oh, right, I'm, I'm going to move us swiftly on from this because I think we could just. We, we, it's, it'd be easy for us to get pegged down on this one and just to not move oh, on. <laughs> well, I, I couldn't let you be the only one with a pun there, mate. Um, Still my fun, the last one in relation to Dops is more of an omission than anything else it's, it's not a ban that's been given it's the omission of a ban it's Brendan Connolly um, sat on top of um, oh, what's his name Adam Deutsch throwing in a few punches while he's on the ice no bans given what what do we make of it I, I know that Twitter hasn't been happy but then Twitter hasn't been happy since Twitter was a thing so what do we think <laughs> Um, if you look at it on the, the for those who weren't there, um, and in fairness, I spoke to a friend of mine who was at the game, and he's kind of you, you swap watching it live to watching the highlights. At first few, you look at and you go, "Wow, this is a bit of an idiot move. This is worthy of the game ban." Now, when I'm saying the following, I'm saying this as someone who watched the game, so not as a Steelers fan. So anybody, any Nottingham fans who think there's a bias in this, ignore that straight up. If you break it down, the whole play, player X, Deutsch, goes into goalie. Intention, unintentional, don't know, don't care in this context. Connolly sees the player going to his goalie, goes straight and cross-checks him in the back. And then goes to, as he goes to grab him for a few punches. If you break them plays down, someone being cross-checked to the floor, someone being glove-punched in the head, it actually happens all around the ice most games. Now, I'm not saying that as a, well, you know, it's fine, you can do that. So, oh, well, it's fine, then someone else could be driven to the ice. Because a couple of Oregon fans said he was driven into the ice. And I watched the highlights and I'm like, yeah, whatever. He's been cross-checked into the back, into the, to the ice on the, re- on the base of the reaction to the, the goal of being took out. Again, not saying it was intention or not. So if you break it down, break it down. stuff that happened... Yeah, Sorry. why not? It just it just happens. That's, it's the type of stuff that happens all around the ice. You put it all together. I 
I, I reckon Dobbs has gone, do you know what? It's been caused by something. Heat of the moment reaction. He, now both guys got five plus game. Do you know what? Sometimes is a ban needed for it? No. Is it wanted? Maybe. And I say maybe depending upon the reaction next time these two teams play. Because I'm pretty maybe. certain that Deutsch will want to have uh, to continue the conversation with Connolly. And if maybe, that expands uh, and carries on then I don't know. It, it, whilst the reaction may be a good one from that, I think we just need to take a step back and think about the, the, the message that this spreads to the children because I think it, all it's doing is teaching kids that they can sit on somebody in a playground and punch them in the head. And I, I think that's a very negative image to spread. It is, and we don't endorse that type of stuff on the My Fantasy and Bernie podcast. Um, if, but, if you yeah. can't gather from listening to this by the way there's been a significant amount of arguments about things that have been happening over the last week of instead of just this is hockey why is it not warranted it's just constantly oh well what message does that spread to the kids well I'll not be funny I don't actually care because I'm here to watch a hockey game um, so yeah sorry I'm not going to segue <laughs> carry on <laughs> save, your ba- save your bandwagon to social media mate. Save save it for then the time of the place, I think it's going to be there. Um, so yeah, I I I would say the same. Any other play, if you, if you if you break it down, you watch the highlight. The camera angle from behind the net probably is the one that says, "Do you know what? Actually, it's not worthy of a ban, given that it was five plus game." Now, had it been maybe a roughing call, I mean, Kevin, then you could actually think, "Do you know what? Maybe we do give a game ban." But considering that they've been they've been thrown out of the game for that scenario, bang bang at the end of the game, if memory says right, yeah. Again, if it sparks more for the rivalry, you know, who are we to argue? True. Very true. I, yeah, I, I don't think it's a bomb worthy. I mean, I think the five plus game is the correct call, for, mainly just for the the glove punches. don't really think it's warranted anything else because there's nothing really it's not as if he's like threw a few punches and then grabbed his head and smashed it onto the, the ice that would definitely be a bomb worthy that or anything else that, I, that I'd agree with mm, yeah no I, I agree with that I didn't see the uh, first cross check from Connolly into the back into, into the back of Deutsch and uh, that's if that's the case you know, that, that has chin ripping in quite a bit go for a fault there's not really anything there to really warrant what, what was going on it was just like a heat of the moment thing both just completely losing their heads and I, I think that's all it was there's no banner should be handed out just you know just a, just a warning calm it down and see what happens next game Ask ask the question, and then this is probably one to throw out to the wider audience. So listen, how many times do you see when a goal is taken out, again, intentionally or unintentionally, do you see glove punches thrown left, right and centre to people who are who are looking at one direction because they've had one person ask them a few things and being punched from the other side? Now, yes, he's not on the ice, 
but he's still there's a lack of his own defence because he's, he's from somewhere else. So it's not, but it's not a sucker punch per se. But how many times you see it where with the melee comes in punches from different angles from what you're looking at, and we you see it a lot more than this one incident. But mm. yeah. The last thing that I'll say on this is I, how good was it that like Duba almost had a bit of an eye for an eye moment. Connolly's jumped in to defend Duba because he's been run. All of a sudden, there's a Panthers fan that's going to come flying in to try and grab Connolly off the top of Deutsch. What does Duba do? He throws in the check to try and get him out of the way. I just thought it was quality. wasn't the biggest of checks, but it was just like the goalie just stepping in for a little. Nope, no, you don't, sunshine. <laughs> it's quality. It's a big check himself, though. Yeah. <laughs> these check, these checks, eh? Check, check. Check, mate. Check, mate. <laughs> right, again, we're moving swiftly on. We get it. We, we, we are. We are we're dwindling into into uh, serious pun territory here. So what we're going to do next is we'll just go through. Uh, we've done two teams over the last couple of podcasts or so. Um, we've currently, I believe, done Cardiff, Belfast, um, Nottingham, Coventry, and last week we did Glasgow and Dundee. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So this week we are going to do Fife and we're going to do Sheffield. Uh, that way we had to choose between one of the three teams remaining other than Sheffield because the other three teams haven't played a competitive fixture yet. Um so Sheffield, obviously, we've got some kind of comparison for now. We'll start with Fife. So we'll go Fife Flyers this time round. Um, we'll try and keep it quite brief, guys. Just try and keep the timing of the podcast down. We've still got a few things, and we've got social media at the bottom of that, which is probably going to take up a fair bit of time. So but what do we think of the Flyers roster? Typical Flyers roster in respect of they've got the, the players that... Um, Oh, they've been there for, for a few seasons and they, they, what they like to have um, in Kokodi, they like that continuity where someone doesn't just go there for one or two years. It actually becomes four, five, six years and in Todd Duttium's case, you know, 20 odd years, I think he's been involved with the Flyers. Um, you know, had, you know, got married, raised a family and, and the tragedy that happened with his, his wife and kids. But he became part of the Kokodi life. I think he was even a fireman. If memory says right, I think he was a fireman in, in the uh, the fire department in Kokodi. So you, you look at the, the team, and there's a lot of returnees, but they've added a few players which, you know, has a bit of quality, has a bit of, of something about them. Um, you know, Scott Arson was one player I rated when he played in Sheffield. Um, no, and I think, you know, Gutwell was one guy who was gone from, from Glasgow to Fife, who, you know, a lot of quality. Um you go down, you know, um, Paul and Tim Crowder. Everyone knows Fanucci. James Livingston was from from Cardiff, part of the playoff winning team. Um, good, you know, acquisition. And then the players that they already have, they they like continuity. It's not a bad thing, um, and it'll, 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 it gives them that kind of step in that they know what they're going to have. Apart from the one position that they don't seem to have that is the goalie. They say that seems to change now, maybe because they find a gem and they always get picked up. Um, with Owen moving to to Belfast this season, so up steps um, Adam Morrison, and we all said that not you know stats wise maybe not the best one, but I, I kind of look at the way that Duttium and Hutchins recruit and they 
these are two guys that pick up some absolute stellar goals. Their contacts give them the very best. You know, Hutchins brought in um, the guy who names name forgets me now, but ended up in for Lunda. Um, Bacala. Bacala, that's it, thank you. Um, and that ilk of netminder, that standard of netminder, Dundee, when Hutchins was coach, always was about their quality netminding. And the same with Fife. Always about quality netminding. The guy that will just get playing Fife and knows what he has to do. So, I'm, I'm of the opinion that they're going to be there, thereabouts come the playoffs. If they get a favourable draw, we may see him again in Nottingham. Maybe a shock potential for the cup, but they've got to they've got to get a good jump on their cup run, which starts this weekend. And in terms of a, as a games to start the season, um, home and away, back to back against your rivals, Dundee will give them that start. That you know the impetus to really start well. So I think Fife will be there or thereabouts for the playoff spots. Probably looking sixth or seventh um, in terms of. Finish him. Yeah. I looking at their preseason fixtures. One, two, last two. The Halev Eagles from Denmark, four, three. And it'd be Lancia I guess Lancia SV from the yeah. DEL two. Beat them three two. So the other two games were pretty close as well, so they Obviously, last year we came to one shot, which was 4-2. And Herlov turned on. <laughs> Actually turned up for a change from what it sounded like. And 5-4. From looking at what they've signed player-wise, Danik Gauthier is probably one of their key signings, as well as Chase Shaber yeah. and yeah. the Crowler brothers. That's going to be some good. They're going to be hoping and this is going to be some like good firepower for their team. And my opinion is, I, I think that is obviously uh, gel. Obviously, a lot of years recruit quite well. Players when the right players are available. Uh, and he's signing, but even if he's signing, but don't put a press release immediately out. He's not letting the teams know what you've got. I think Five have got a pretty promising team. I think it might just take a bit more time to find some sort of form. Very good. We're also building for the future as well, which is great to see. Andrew Little, goalie, Martin Simpson, uh, and Scott Jameson. Two uh, Scots have been brought in for the season. I can see if, if they get ice time they do they've also brought in a second um, import netminder on a try basis we'll see how he, how he does Tony Tammy Tammy yeah they're looking to see how Jonas Ingle I mean the World Pack I mean I mean James Barrett's right here Very smart player. Uh, as Grass said, Cardiff Rivers. Some, um, just in the time, 
Yeah, five has been a bit of a weird one to read. I mean, they, the, 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 all of the kind of the late signings, as you say, I don't know whether it's keeping their cards close to the chest. I don't know whether that's just, I don't know, the, the fan base doesn't seem particularly happy with it. Um, but, I mean, whether that's something that they're going to really concern themselves over. Um, the bottom line is now, I think they've ended up with a half-decent team. Uh, there's some, you know, some decent signs in there, as you say. The crowd of brothers are a, a great pick-up together, even if you manage to cut one of the brothers' heads off on um, on your social media picture. Uh, doesn't necessarily need the full head. You just cut the top of the head off. Um, but, yeah, Livingston should be a good addition. Chase Sharper looks to be a good addition. You know, and then we look at some of the, like the guys that they've got from last year. Danik Gauthier knows where the net is. Um, bit of a weird season last year, but the season before, I put up 51 in 53 games. So, yeah, I, I think point scoring wise, they should just about be there. Uh, D wise, Davis say Scott Arson. I was massively impressed with him when he played in Sheffield. Good playmaker. Um, always had his head screwed on as to where the puck needed to go. Um, always thinking ahead in terms of plays. Uh, you know, Emma Dahl looks to be a decent addition from the Alsvenskan. I would ex- I'd expect him to be quite a, quite a good puck mover, uh, just knowing the speed that the, of the Alsvenskan. Um, they've got Flash Gordon, so what more could you need other than Flash Gordon on your roster? Um, I kind of agree with you, Dave. I think the only thing for me that stands out on this roster is the fact that Morrison just doesn't look to be stat-wise quite as up to scratch as you'd expect. But, quite possibly in true five style, they might have picked up a guy who doesn't appear to be up to scratch and then who turns out to be even better than you'd expect. So, we're just going to have to wait and see on that. But, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd expect mid-table finish for five. Um, so then we move on from five. We move to the Steelers. bit more of a comparison possible here. Uh, just because they've actually played an elite league team. So what do we think to the roster for Sheffield? Well, standard-wise, stat-wise, it's a heck of an upgrade on last year's team. You mentioned a couple of times on the podcast already, Joe, the amount of KHL experience, arguably the second-best league in the world. Um, you know, just There's a lot of talent. There's been, there's been a serious investment in the team this year. And I'm not suggesting that it hasn't been for a couple of years. But you can tell the, the level of player, the standard of player, the resume of the players is a lot better than last year's. Um, you're watching the highlights of the game. Obviously, we weren't there on Saturday, but seeing the, the um, preseason. We're going to be entertained. Sheffield fans will be entertained. I think you're going to see a lot of, they score four, we're going to score six type hockey. The firepower suggests that. Saint Pierre, Lemtigov, um, Davies when he's not throwing pegs. Um, <laughs> just, you know, you just look at it and it's just like. Um, just, yeah, just absolute quality, quality firepower. My only, my only concern and reservation is the defence. And I'm not saying the defensive players they're signing aren't good. They are. But it's that kind of. Will they be able to? Should should it come to the crunch of we've got a 2-1 game or a 3-2 game or a 1-0 game? Are they going to be able to play the right role on the basis so far 
to, to close out the game. The firepower they have is a team that should compete for the title. Should. But at some moments, the, the, the crunch games is going to be that one player against Cardiff or Belfast, who I think, in my, in my opinion, the other two teams that will be fighting for the title. Is, is that team defensively, across the board, able to crunch it down and win a 2-1, win a 3-2, win a 1-0 game? And if they're able to demonstrate that, they will win the title. Yeah, look at it. Players you've signed. I mean, going off experience-wise, there's a a lot of NHL experience, SHL, league, or KHL. A lot that you probably didn't see like last season. Hey, the goalies you brought in, Duber and Cantor. Duber looks pretty, really good. <laughs> looks really decent. Looking at the, I was watching one of the. Preseason games, I guess the Pafrad one. He looks really good. And let me Yankov with the the tall dragon that he that he did against can against the Nottingham player against Lippy on Saturday, and then also you put that the likes of Saint Pierre, and then. What else can you say? You got Jonathan Phillips back as well. Definitely a key signing for you guys. I'm going to say you mentioned the players we have done. We don't mention probably um, the the greatest captain in the Steelers' history, um, who, in my eyes, it, it, you just say the captain. It's kind of the Messier type of thing with the Rangers when he was the captain. They all just said the captain. Phillips is our Messier. He's just head and shoulders, and he, he keeps getting faster. The guy who's had two serious knee surgeries keeps getting faster. It's like Benjamin Frank. Button, isn't it? Like it ben is a little bit, yeah. As the French found out in um, in May, that he keeps getting faster. Um, you know, he, he's, he, he's a he's a credit to himself. He's also a credit as a demonstration for younger players of what they need to do to get a career to make it to hit a level that Phillips has since leaving Cardiff to come to Sheffield. Um, has maintained. Um, O'Connor, Dowd, players that we not mentioned. David Phillips. David Phillips. Um, Brown, Griffin, Graham, exciting young prospects. There's that good mix, healthy good mix of, of, of the talented Brits, the young ones coming through. Um, it's, the, the ingredients are there. The ingredients are there for a title winning team. That's, for me, the question mark is that is that defensive crunch when it comes to a two-one game? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm the same as Dave. I mean, you're not going to score. Like I said earlier, you're not going to score eight, eight, five, six, seven, eight goals every week. It's going to be a lot of close games this season, especially with the talent that, that Belfast Cardiff have got. You know, so you're going to be competing with them. You know, have every guy ready, forward, defence, forward. Love you on their game. There's a lot of close ones, so it, it, it just come down to you know, which, which unit is, is the strongest, which, which team are the two teams are strongest, which fours are strongest, which fours are strongest, so they're probably competing every day, keeping in shape, keep battling. It's, it's certainly going to be interesting. So 
say about the uh, it's like John Griffin you know, during pre-season uh, with Aaron Johnson I think he didn't look out of place at all absolutely dull Johnson like he'd been playing them for years that's great to see from young Brits if, if they keep battling with it's looking very promising I'm, I'm just hoping that you know when it does come to the close games that we can you know, close it out or just, just try and add a bit more pressure it's, it's, it's just those little things that you just got to and you know, just get ready as best as can it's going to be a very interesting and close season Yeah, I mean, I think some of the talent that we've got on this team is is fantastic. Um, James Bettauer and Aaron Brocklehurst were two fantastic signings in terms of defence. Uh, you then add on to Ben O'Connor and Davy Phillips, um, Aaron Johnson. Aaron Johnson looks stronger than he did last year so far, from what I've seen. Um, more of an offensive demon, we know that. But in terms of his output, he looked, I don't know what you guys thought, just looking at the like the first few games he's played, but he looks looks to be coming out stronger. Um, forward wise, Armstrong's finding his goal scoring feet early doors. Looks like we're getting the early version of Armstrong rather than the back end of last season that we got from him. Um, Connolly obviously showing himself to be a little bit of a uh, a rink rat, but that's the kind of player that we like. That's the kind of player that we like to see in Sheffield. Davies putting the points up but one of the guys that whose who's CB probably didn't shout out and didn't jump out at you as much as other players that we've signed but now one of his top point scorers in the first few games he's putting up points and putting up nice ones um, the Luca and Eberle my god do they they both look like different better players than we saw last year I mean De Luca was was great for us by the back end of last year but he looks even stronger this year and Eberle just, has just come on leaps and bounds He's put, I think he's scored more already in pre-season than he scored last season. Um, Dowd, obviously strong as always. And then you, you come on to some of the star players. For me, Saint-Pierre, fantastic player, fantastic veteran experience. Um, and he showed it with the goal that he scored against Nottingham. Just such a cool, calm, collected, easy just to try and ping it in on the back door, but instead he drags it across the front with a goalie going post to post and just chips it over the top. Just so cool. Knew, knew exactly how to play it. Meland. Meland, the guy who was brought in to play forward, play D. Dave, you told me that I was going to like this guy. I, I, to be fair, I've not seen enough of him yet. But from what I've seen so far, the, the guy just looks, you know, you expect from a that, that kind of utility player, that kind of guy that you're saying, oh, he could play D or he could play forward. You think, all right, so he's a third liner that realistically isn't going to put up the points. So if he needs to drop back to D, it's not going to be a deficit. No, that's not the case at all. If anything, he's one of, a, he's one of a, our stronger players. It's just that he can play either role. Um, and then for me, full-on signing of the season, got him on the back of my jersey. Genuinely don't think he'll stay the season. I think he'll get snapped up by a better team. But Nikolai Lentyagov, what a player he is. What That toe drag for the first goal like pre-season games you just watch him his playmaking ability his, his foresight when he stood there looking and trying to and, and, and looking at what's there on the ice it's just unreal it, it's a step above what we've seen over the last few years the one thing that, that concerns me 
I don't know whether it's goaltending, don't know whether it's D, don't know whether it's a mix of the two. We've played two competitive games in the league now, and we've shipped nine goals in two games. That is not good enough to get us through. And even Aaron Fox has said, this team needs a crash course in playing back-to-back games. The European League's favour playing Friday, Saturday, Friday, Sunday games, or something along those lines, having a gap in between yeah. games. That's fine, but in our league, where we have that preference, we have that draw towards the league, we can't afford to be dropping goal, uh, sorry, dropping games and conceding goals because the team are trying to find defeat in playing back-to-back games. No, that's a fair point, but I, I suppose, thankfully, it's the Challenge Cup that we, uh, we found ourselves this weekend. Yeah. So there's a, it's an opportunity, as long as we get the wins um, against Manchester then I'm not saying it's going to be easy, I'm just saying that as long as we get the wins against Manchester, then we should be fine in that respect. One player that we've not mentioned, who, if I'm honest, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing as much, um, is Valorand. Um Guy who played for Coventry, remember, a couple of years ago, yeah. did a good job for him. I'm looking forward to seeing him. There always seems to be that chemistry between him, Eberle, De Luca, and that's going to cause carnage on and off the rink, and that's going to be good. You look at the history of the Steelers, when you get like a combo like that who are just carnage on and off the rink, the fans' favourites, the team tends to do well. And we've got that in abundance. You could just see the interaction with the fans, the interaction amongst themselves, and it spreads. Because if one thing, we've been an older team, you haven't got like, if you look at a younger team, there's a lot of energy, a lot of, you know, uh, fooling around, shall we say. This is an old team. So having a light, having a group of people like Valor and Deluca, Eble, that's just, you know, crazy. To what to say, you know, just full of energy in that. It's going to make things a bit more looser for him, just to relax a bit more. It's going to give him that fun aspect. Like I said, it's going to be a good, and it's, fans are going to be entertained, whether they win a title or not. Answer that question determines whether Monty comes back home. Yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I'm going to move on from domestic for the time being. I'm going to throw it over to Dave for his most excitable moment of the podcast. Um, I'm not. I don't. I don't think we need. We, we we need to spend too much time on on the CHL. But I think Dave, if you want to just run us through the results so far, the upcoming games. Um, oh, very very crash course throughout the rest of the. Um of the, the campaign so far but one question has that jingle been done yet we talked about it last week you know for this the entry for this part of the podcast it hasn't I'm trying to currently get the word <laughs> I'm, I, I'm trying to get Klagenfurt just kind of like incorporated in there somewhere well bear with but we'll just quickly go through because obviously we mentioned Belfast result last week we'll go, quickly go through the results for Cardiff and Belfast Cardiff their two home games won both of them they beat Mountfield 3-2 regulation then they beat Gratz 4-3 in a penalty shootout, Ben Bounds winning, um, or sorry, saving all seven of the shots. Belfast, after beating Liberec, lost in overtime to Osberger. Huge credit to the 700-plus Osberger fans that kind of took over the SSE arena. So a great open weekend for the Giants and the Devils. They've had their first game tonight, and they've probably just seen a bit more of what the CHL is, as they've had a couple of results which are... They've gone against them. So, Mountfield have got the revenge. They won 5-2 against Cardiff. So has Liberec. They beat them 6-1. So, 
Um, next games are over the weekend. Cardiff have Graz and Belfast have Osberger. Um, I believe it's on uh, Saturday and Sunday. I think they both played different, two different days. So to yeah. quickly go through the tables um, in terms of where we are, because obviously some still play tomorrow night. Uh, group A, and I think Joe will appreciate this one, Klagenfurt, uh, BLBN at the top of the table with six points for the two games. Tapara and um, Chris That's the best news I have heard all day. Frisk Asker on zero points. No, um, that's not good enough. I want Frisk Asker up there as well. Yeah, I, 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 I don't disagree. Oh, group B. There's always one. <laughs> um, group B. Pilsen and Zug uh, after three games uh, on seven points. Hamen Lina are on four points. So, so the one team that could challenge. Rung said um, their opening game, the home opening game in the CHL, um, for me, Joe and Andy, we've been there. Love the little rink um, and great people who run the rink and volunteers. Uh, they enjoy Slippery terraces, though. Yeah, but that's your fault. Um, Slippier than stairs at Pot World. Again, your fault. So we're going to Group C with Belfast Group. So Olsberger and Lalia are on four points, but that's after two games. So they play there, I believe they play tomorrow. Belfast are on four points, but after three games. Liberec are on three points after three games. So it's now beginning to be a very tight group. Um, but Belfast are not far from, are out of it. Then you come to the bit of a, a shock, Group D. Yudos uh, Minsk, uh, one of the um, challenge nations uh, entry, top the table, five points. Uh, Lachy Pelicans on four points. And Lausanne on three points. Uh, Trinac, I believe, your team's on zero. Uh, group E. Uh, they've had three games now. Uh, another team that Joe likes to hear the name of, Karabat Olu, on seven points, top of the group. Uh, Skeleftia and Burn are on four points each. Grenoble are on three points. So it's not out of the question for Grenoble to pick up some wins and maybe get through to the next stage. Um, group F, uh, dominated by two teams, Jurgard and Stockholm on six points, Aldermanheim on five points. But they lost tonight to Bistreka, who Beskawarini plays for now on penalties. Um, group G, Munich and Fagistad, uh, seven point six points apiece. Um, so my apologies, Mannheim did lose to um, Bistreka. It was Munich lost tonight. I was just going to uh, say that. <laughs> I've got, I've got my groups mixed up, so apologies. Uh, but they're on seven points. Fargus had six points. Piotra, their first win in the CHL on three points. Again, pretty similar for that second spot. Um, but Group F, Dugard and Mannheim are the two teams that are running with that, away with that, so I suspect they'll go through. Then you come to Group H. Um, and this is going to be very interesting. It's Cardiff's group. So currently, Mountfield on six points. Cardiff five. Frelunda have got their first win of the campaign. Fourth points tonight. Gratz on three. Um, so, as Das, you know, Cardiff had a huge game against Gratz. If they can pick a win, that is going to help them a heck of a lot to go through to the next stage. Because then the thing is, with Belfast and Cardiff, their two games in October are the SHL teams. Belfast have Lalia, and Cardiff have the the powerhouse that is for Lunda. Um, so yeah, um, games tomorrow night or tonight is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. By Sunday, we'll have a very good idea who will qualify or if some teams have already qualified for the knockout stage. So I'll throw this round just before we move on to CHL then. Belfast and Cardiff, do either of them make the knockout round? I'll let you two answer first. I was going to say, don't all jump in at once. (laughs) I 
probably say Belfast possibly could. But Cardiff, I think they may just miss out. I don't really see them really picking up any points against Belinda. I think both of them could well do. I mean, if you look at Florinda, they've already lost one game about the expected, expected to win. So they could go into this one expected to win it, but ended up losing it. So you just never know. I, I think both could potentially definitely you know, move forward to the next round. I'm, I'm going to say Belfast, yes. Cardiff, no, would be my prediction. I think both of them will. Um, I think Cardiff will beat Gratz, and I think Fralunda will beat Mountfield, which turns the group completely on its head. It probably knocks all but knocks Gratz out, unless they can work with Mountfield to get some results. Not suggesting anything um, wrong there. Um, Belfast, I think it's something out of the next game. It's advantage to them. They know what they need to do. Um, but I can see both teams go, going through um, which would be good for the Elite League certainly would certainly would um, right so we said previously that we're going to discuss social media I think we all know that is not going to be a brief topic um, we're currently I think running at about an hour and a half or so or just over an hour and a half for this episode so what we're going to do is we're going to cut that out of the agenda for this week We'll move that on to an agenda for a week where we've got a little bit less to discuss, just so that we're not running into the two-hour mark. Um, I, I genuinely think we could end up talking about social media for ages, so I'm, I'm not even going to touch that with a barge pole this week. Um, so we'll move on from social media. That will come. Don't worry. Believe me, uh, we will have a long and lengthy discussion about social media, and I'm sure we'll get a Dave rant. Um, you'll more than likely get a rant from me as well. Um so, and I'm, I'm sure Gref and Andy will also have a bit of a rant about this. I think this is one we're all kind of strong on. Uh, but for the time being, I'm going to move it on to the last item on the agenda. It is the item that we are infamously and notoriously pathetic at. And I use the word pathetic because of how <laughs> poor we were last week. Um, the predictions round brought to you by absolutely no betting shops because we really don't encourage you to put anything on what we are predicting. Um Last week, uh, Dave, Greff, and I all managed to dwindle one out of four correct predictions. Andy managed to uh, salvage two out of four uh, with his prediction at Nottingham would win on the Sunday. However, uh, Greff, Dave, and I all achieved a zero percentage um, win rate on the Sunday, so really quite poor. Um but I've gents probably expected. <laughs> Our prediction showed good character. That's the only good thing about it. I was going to say, do you know what the funny thing is? The only thing that we can actually predict accurately is that our predictions are predictions going to be poor. Are poor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I'm going to move on to this week. Um, we're going to go in the same order. Andy, Gref, Dave and then me. Uh, we'll run through the games over the weekend. So we'll start on Saturday. Guildford v Nottingham in Guildford. Andy, kick us off. Nottingham. Nottingham. Guildford. Ooh. Guildford. Ooh. Andy got Nottingham. We'll go 50-50. Ooh. 
There we go. Then we go Sheffield v Coventry in Sheffield. 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 Sheffield for me as well on that one. So 100% on that for Sheffield. Uh, Manchester, Dundee in Manchester. Is there any point even asking Graf? I don't know, but we'll go Andy first again. Dundee. Graf. Dundee. Oh, he's, going with Dundee. Oh, he's kicking off the season. <laughs> Gref, I, what have I just heard? Check yourself before you wreck yourself, Gref, because if Manchester win this now, you're not going to live this down. I promise if you that. Do, I'm going to just say the opposition every week. Yeah. Unless it's five. Before I, before I give my... Pre- uh, did I just hear Gref go against... The storm? I can confirm that was not a Wi-Fi error. That was wow. not. That was not overdubbed over what oh, Gref wow. actually said. It can be fully confirmed that Gref said he thought Dundee. Can confirm. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I feel about that. I, I'm a bit. I don't like that. That's not Gref. Are you all right, Gref? You feeling all right? I feel quite uneasy. Uh, I don't. Yes, yeah. I don't like that. You don't like um, change. We don't like change. We don't like change. No. We've gone cashless. And I'm not going to change my prediction. I'm also going to go Dundee. Fair play. Do Manchester do pie and peas? No. Oh, it's rubbish. Dundee then. (laughs) (laughs) We don't do an 80s jersey either. You what? We don't do an 80s jersey either. Oh, I don't like your jerseys this year. I really don't. That's going off at a tangent, but I really don't. Why does it look like your alternate jersey or whatever it is, the grey one? Why does it look like it's been designed on some like 32-bit 1980s computer? Like, what is that all about? It all looks like they've used show. looks like they've used like a 1992 version of paint, and then it's pixelated and broke down halfway through. It's all about vintage. All about vintage. Anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> Challenge Cup fixture is Fife v Glasgow in Kakodi. After this week, Glasgow is going to get the first win, so Glasgow. Yeah, I'm going to say Glasgow. Is that just because you don't like Fife? Yeah. Okay, are both teams going to realise what side of the ice they need to go to? No. <laughs> Sorry, Glenn Dave. I'm going to go against the ground, I'm going to say Fife. Yeah, I'm going to go with Fife as well. Um, Sunday, Dundee v Fife in Dundee. Uh, Take your time. Hard one, that's fine, we, we, we've not done social media so that we can keep the, the timing of the podcast down. Andy's taking half an hour to ponder whether Dundee or Fife are going to win. <laughs> that's where we do the countdown music. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Dundee, keep their fine home form going. I think we'll do this one. I have to say, I thought you were just going to say a team then that wasn't even in the pickings. I thought you were just going to be like, right, Guildford. (laughs) (laughs) Just see what the base is. (laughs) Ref. Dundee. Dundee. You're 100% for Dundee on that one. 
Uh, and then Coventry v Sheffield in Coventry, £12 webcast, 50% increase from last year. Hashtag just saying. Um, sorry. Andy, go for it, mate. Wow. Still not good enough, so I'm going to say Sheffield. I'm going to say Sheffield as well. Yeah, Sheffield. Overtime. Oh, do you know what you did this last time? You see, literally, <laughs> literally the second game of the weekend, not Engen v Sheffield, and you went Sheffield overtime. This is like Dave's knockout, which means, and it can only be one thing, Coventry are going to win, because I'm going to say Coventry. <laughs> <laughs> that was Coventry. I always think, I don't know, we struggle as a team in the sky, don't yeah, we've, we've had a lot of games that haven't got. It's a brand new team. It's a brand new team who don't know how to play back to back, and then we're going in a building that we can't play in. Who knows? Let's 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 look forward to Sunday and the fifty percent increase in the webcast. Yeah, fifty percent increase on the webcast. The webcast is fifty fifty. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Apparently, I say it a lot, so I just thought I'd say it. Yeah, we've heard that rumor before. Okay. We're gonna have an M- we're gonna have a my fancy Zamboni bingo card being brought to you soon. Um, playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Pie and peas is gonna be one of them on there. I'm telling you. Fancy pie and hey. peas now. Part of the peas. So you fancy pie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great, man. Right, Dave. If there's any, that's like saying I fancy bangers and mash now. Right, mm, fancy sausages. No, you don't fancy bangers and mash then, do you? You don't fancy pie and peas if you don't want if the peas. Walls, if they're walls, I'd agree with that. If they're not, then just have the mash. No, it's all about Richmond's. They're just good for sandwiches. No, they're good for a lot of things. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, if you have a favourite, walls are Richmond's. <laughs> Do tweet us your favourite sausage. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Brilliant. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna end this on a very very random question to the panel. What dish or food saw would you like to see being sold out of your arena? Would you rather have pie and peas? Just for Dave, I will make peas optional. Oh. <laughs> Dave, it's, it's, it's radio, not TV. Nobody could see the thumbs up then. Um, so pie and peas or bangers and mash? You'll notice I'm keeping a classic pub favourite of gammon and egg off, off of the list. Pie and peas or bangers and mash? Which one would you rather see sold at a game? Bangers and mash. Bangers and mash. Pie and peas. Oh, so that's uh, so. Dave, you said bangers and mash. But, 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 Andy but, said bangers and mash. Gref said pie and peas. But bangers and mash would be easy for you to eat without the teeth, wouldn't it, Gref? True, but I like a challenge. Fair point. Good <laughs> job. <laughs> Brilliant. I'm going to go bangers and mash just just it, for that it, comment alone. Is this a question that we should throw out to the wider audience via social media? Bangs and mash or pie and peas. If I remember, I'll put it up on social media, but there's no promises made on that one. Yeah, get people to tweet in or, or post on, on, on the Facebook group to let us know what they think. 
We will ask the question. Let us know. It will make zero difference, but we're interested. <laughs> we're going to dub this section Master Chef's Fancy Zamboni. <laughs> Brilliant. Right. And I think on that note, gents, I think it's probably time to end. Uh, we're, we're, we're edging towards two hours. And to be honest with you, if we go any further towards two hours, we're just going to come out with more ridiculous nonsense. So... <laughs> I think on that note, unless anybody has anything else to add, Stafford, any Stafford stories to add to us this week? Not this week, but I'll try and go on for next week, definitely. You said that last week, and you've not got any. This is just not good enough. Sorry. Have you got a particular pie and peas or bangers and mash related story that you could tell us? Um. How does is that? How does SML? How does that take that much thought? <laughs> Who has a specific bangers and math related story? What's going we... <laughs> Well, it, it, there is one, but it's, it's not for this not for this podcast. And definitely on that note, we're going to end. So, Dave, <laughs> thanks very much. Sir. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Greff. Thanks, Andy. To everybody who's listened, if you've got to the end of this podcast, congratulations. Yeah. And congratulations we, we, we thought, to you as well, Dave. You didn't fall asleep. I, I, I said to you before we started recording, it's odds on I was going to fall asleep. And we've not fell asleep yet. There's still plenty of time. But no, seriously, thanks for listening. Um, get in touch with us. Let us know what you think. Maybe your input may help us not produce as much rubbish and talk as much rubbish as we do. But if you Just like the rubbish, let us know. Yes. But if thank you, you very much. If guys. you like us discussing pie and peas and bangers and mash, we'd love to hear. <laughs> so, uh, Andy, thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Joe. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for having listening. And uh, Aunt Bessie's and Richmond, you're welcome for any sponsorship. Let us know. It's a good point. Uh, you know, we're, we're branching, point, out, yeah. branching out into the markets of potential sponsorships. So, yeah. We'll, uh, we're happy to take uh, sponsorship from any brands of Marie's Piper potatoes. Um, <laughs> I, do you know what? I, it's, I think it, we're ending. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so no, I get to say bye. What? I said we're ending, so I don't get to say bye. Well, I was coming around to you. Don't jump the gun. <laughs> do you know, sometimes, sometimes it's just it, chance. It, it's no wonder that we all said bangers and mash and you went for pie and peas. You just can't, you can't wait, can you? I'm definitely it. Greff, thank you. Thank you very much, Greff. Cheers. <laughs> thank you for having me. Thank you to Dave and Stafford and anyone else that's listening. I like it how he says anyone else that's listening is if it's just us four. Like nobody's actually going to listen to this, it's just us four. You never know. A, a conversation at quarter, at quarter oh. two in the morning. Cheers for listening, Joe. I'm going to say Joe will listen. She'll probably um, give us grief again because we said she'd hold beer and she told us off actually she'd be holding pints of gin. So we actually... Oh, did you, uh, right, I saw a story about gin. I'm, oh, I'm, there's, I'm, there's stories about gin and Joe. That's not for this podcast. No, 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 no. I saw a story about gin. The M6 was apparently closed. Oh, yeah. Because there was a lorry that was carrying something daft like 30,000 30, litres of gin that was spilled over the M6. <laughs> Straight away I saw that and just thought, what a waste. People with the straws just on the, on the, on the <laughs> on their all fours. Rather than gin and tonic, you got gin and tarmac. <laughs> <laughs> 
Brilliant. Now, I, I, I'll end it on that, I think, unless Dave sounded like you were going to say something then. Alicia, yeah, well, that's fine. All right. Thank you to everybody listening. Um, we apologise that at this time we kind of go a bit delirious and a bit mad. Hopefully you enjoy it. Um, let us know whether you prefer pie and peas or bangers and mash. Um, let us know if you actually, you know, think our predictions are going to be correct this week. I'll give you a hint. They are not. Um, but yeah, thank you for everybody listening to another episode of My Fancy Zamboni. I haven't plugged the social media, so I'll do that before we end. It's at MFZM Podcast on Twitter. It's My Fancy Zamboni Podcast on Facebook. Thank you, everybody. We're going to end and, uh, and let you get away from this earache now. So thanks a lot.